Hello, everybody. Welcome to Radio Radar, episode 57. My name is Anthony John Agnello, senior social editor at Games Radar. This week on the show, we talk about a plethora of games that can help break your mind out of a vicious cycle of negativity. If you find yourself thinking repeatedly about bad things that upset you, these games are things that will actually help get your mind to a better place so that you can tackle them actively. But after that, we talk about the brand new, newly released Dishonored 2, a game wherein grotesque, hateful people from the South steal the throne of a healing nation from a woman, and then you can stab them. It's pretty, pretty cool. And uh, we also talk about Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, which, if you haven't played a Call of Duty in a long time, is a, a wonderful uh, breath of fresh air. Listen on. Although we've come to the end of the road, still I can't let go. It's unnatural. You belong to me. I belong to you. Yeah. Uh, hi, everyone. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Radio Radar, episode 57. Uh, we've come to the end of the road. I hope that you are all listening to this in a good state of mind. My name is Anthony John Agnello, senior social editor at Games Radar, and with me today is executive editor Susan Arndt. Hello, my dear friends. Uh, we have staff Roberts, Dave Roberts. Hi. <laughs> This is... God. <laughs> uh, I just... Dave, God damn it! be entertaining. Oh my God. Be up. Yeah. Feel good. Hi. Feel good about everything. Hello. <laughs> and we have uh, staff writer Connor Sheridan back on the show. Hi, Anthony. I feel so safe in the folds of your vocal waveform. Mm-hmm. That's where I like, that's where I like everybody to be. I like to, I like to offer a nice, absorbent blanket of, of rhythm. Oh, you're absorbent, for... right? <laughs> that's true. That's that's what I offer to everybody. Uh, so, uh, shocker, everybody! Some video games came out, and we've been playing them desperately uh, to to give our to give ourselves some uh, relief and entertainment from the world. Uh, also, some relevant video games, uh, and we will get to those in a moment. But before we do, Susan Art came up with a miraculous uh, suggestion for the world and these are uh, words of wisdom are going to be perfectly perfectly attuned to folks this week uh susan what is what is your brilliant suggestion okay so when bad things happen and this is this is true whenever bad things happen which might be particularly apt just at the moment for you uh, there is often a tendency for your brain to get stuck in a loop of unpleasant upsetting thoughts. This can be after you've broken up with somebody, after a monster is elected president. You know, I'm just... Just These are hypotheses. Just. It's just, yeah. <laughs> These are just hypothetical situations. But yeah. Uh, and and part of why that's troubling is because if, when your brain gets stuck in that loop, it just amplifies the emotions and it makes it very difficult to move through the emotional process to a place where you feel good again. So, something that is very helpful for gamers particularly game puzzle games or games with very clearly defined challenges mm. can be extremely helpful in helping break that cycle and get your brain 
back on track because you're asking your brain to go to a different part of it because you know different brains are different parts of your brain are activated for different activities and you're going from the hypothetical to the concrete and you have to focus your attention on performing this very specific very clearly defined task and that can help you because really well, all, all you need is you just got to break the loop and then your brain will take care of itself yeah so go ahead i was i was just gonna say and the nice thing is is that like your, your brain will start thinking about things that it wants to again and how to Correct. get things done you'll become very active even yes. though you're doing a repetitive thing yes and you will start to feel better both mentally and Physically. So uh, what I want to do is provide a list of potential games that you might find helpful for this particular situation, if none spring immediately to mind. The one I've been counting on recently is, big surprise, Dragon Quest Builders, mm. because there's lots of mundane tasks in it. Like, you got to go collect the resources you need to do whatever it is you do. But you also have to be doing specific things. You have to build a spa. You have to build a garden you have to you know so you're you're being sent to do very specific things and bring it back and and make it and that sort of easy easily completable structure mm. it is a way for you to feel like you have control again in a pleasant way it's a great so one. yeah so that's that's mine uh dave roberts you you have one that it, like, I feel like the the fury that this game causes in your life is also useful. Like, that it, get, it gets, it gets, it, it gets yeah. you active in your own head in yeah. a really good way. Uh, so, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of this little game before. It's called Picross 3D. Um, <laughs> I've, I've ta I might have talked about it a couple times. Uh, nah. Yeah. Did you say nah. Picross? Picross. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's Pick Picross's Ross. brother. Uh, it's a game okay. based yeah. on his life. Uh, no. It's what my poster of Jennifer Aniston in 1995 used to say. Yes. It was... It was <laughs> wow. There you go. Wow. You had to think it through, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's um, it's a game, you know, it's you have this brick of blocks and you... You, you don't use math, but you use numbers to sort of uh, to count out where you're supposed to chip away at this thing. And over time, you essentially create a little like 3d model and picture and stuff and it's just they are small like uh, small bite-sized puzzles that take anywhere from a minute to a half hour and the the thing that it helps me the most with i think is that once i get locked into a puzzle like i'm in it i don't check twitter yep. i don't check facebook i don't like i you know, if I need to help with my wife and my kid, like, I could pause the game or whatever. But, I mean, like, once I'm in a puzzle, it's like, I I disconnect. And that's been very hard for me to do. But in a healthy way. Right. Yeah. It's a healthy kind of Because, thing. you know, when, when your mind is racing and you need some sort of, like, confirmation that there is still good in humanity in this world, you, you know, I, I check Twitter, like, constantly. And that sort of grasping for information of any kind is as unhealthy as like just disconnecting completely but sometimes you need to disconnect to put things back together to get your mind to stop moving sure. those gears and 
and that like that that's that's just that's what Picross helps me do. It's just it's yeah. it's a great way to refocus and recenter. I like the Zen the the uh, it, to to be good at Picross. It is the same thing as Zen meditation. Like you you are embracing mindfulness. It's yeah. just that rather than sitting there and opening your third eye, you're you're being like, why isn't this picture of a dog? just working and then you Why? and then you tap the wrong box and you shout fuck to the heavens yes and then, that, <laughs> and then that's, start that's literally over. what you shout you lean your that's, head back and you shout fuck <laughs> to the heavens fuck to the heavens <laughs> that's why i'm no longer I, I i'm no longer allowed to go to the zendo in syracuse new york because <laughs> of that exact thing I'd go for an, an hour-long meditation session it would always end with me yelling fuck to the heavens. <laughs> Just as loud as humanly possible. Connor, you, you had a really, really good one that you were just mentioning a few minutes ago, which I think is also a very zen meditative game. Uh, yeah, the one that immediately came to my mind when we were talking about this is kind of like an emotional <clears throat> an emotional equalizer is uh, Luminous, which has been mm. out for a, a variety of platforms, but I, I played it on PSP. Because whatever you're feeling when you go into Luminous, you just kind of start thinking Luminous. Uh, that's that just it totally encompasses your mind, and you know you. I think the rhythm has a lot to do with it, because there's just no room for anything else. You know that combination of the the rhythmic element you've got to be on the beat with like the thinking ahead but not too far ahead, really helps kind of take you out of wherever you are now and put yourself in another place. And you can kind of contrast that with other games that might be more like emotional amplifiers. Like if sure. I'm in a good mood when I go into Overwatch, chances are I'll be in an even better mood when I leave, even if I don't, you know, perform particularly well. But if I'm already feeling kind of salty and cranky right. when I start playing Overwatch, who boy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a good day. Exactly. Exactly. Like I know a lot of people say, well, I, you know, I play shooters to work out my frustration. This isn't about that. Yeah. Because shooters re rely more on muscle memory and twitchiness than they do thought. So your brain can still be focusing on whatever thing has gotten it out of whack while you're playing a shooter. Uh, same thing with games that are super plot heavy. Uh -huh. You can not be paying attention to what they're saying. And again, your, your brain is, is still stuck on whatever it is you're thinking about. But something like Luminous or Res where you, you combine music with having to aim or, yeah. or, or focus on uh, the puzzle parts, really great choice. And just lose lose yourself in the thing. Mm -hmm. My Mine falls into the exact same category uh, as, as Luminez and especially Rez, Susan. And it's, it's just the, it's the combination of, of sort of hypnotic visuals with uh, not puzzle solving, but pathfinding. And it's mm -hmm. Pac-Man Championship Edition. Mm, uh, mm -hmm, I talk mm -hmm. about this game constantly. I'm sorry for bringing it up again to our regular listeners, but the original 2007 Pac-Man Championship Edition, this is backwards compatible on your Xbox 360. You can get it on phones. You can get it on your PC. This game is amazing, and it is not like traditional Pac-Man where you're just you know trying to clear dots from a maze and avoid ghosts. It's a score attack. You are in one set map, and you carve a path through it for five minutes. And it's all about just finding the perfect path. And it's this 
wonderful combination of visual and sound. Uh, the it's it's on a more housey end of the electronic music spectrum than Luminez. Uh, Luminez sort of has that that ecstatic, dancey sound. Pac-Man Championship Edition is more more thumping, more more uh, four on the floor kind of thing. And you just go through, you eat dots, you eat fruit, the fruit makes more dots appear, and you try to get a high score. And I love the fever pitch that it puts my brain in. It takes me away from a, a vicious cycle, as, as you sort of described it, Susan. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a vicious cycle of angry thought. And when you see that score release, that is like a prayer bell going off in a zendo at the end of a meditation practice. It's like, bong! <laughs> you got 2.5 million points this time! That's 4% better than last time. Then you just reload it. You just do it again and again and again and again. It's great. It's a wonderful some, thing. Uh, some uh, folks on Twitter offered up some other excellent suggestions uh, if these if these puzzly games are, are not quite doing it for you. <laughs> The Hitman, I believe they're called Escalation Missions, hmm. uh, are, I mean, they're, uh, Hitman is kind of, in, in essence, a puzzle game, especially in this episodic format, because it's it's a lot smaller and more or more contained, and the challenges are very, very specific. So it's, a, I have to do this thing in this way, so that's a really great choice. Uh, Plague Inc., kill everybody in the world. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, God, you can really exercise some you demons can, you with plaguing. You can work out some emotions. It's, you know... Killing everybody in the world. The reminder that, you know, our lives are largely out of our hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, rune challenges in Doom. Ooh, oh, yeah. I... You know, if, yeah. you, if you are looking for something a little more shootery, that is a nice, contained, you gotta do this in this amount of time. Although, I will caution you that oftentimes doing something that is timed uh, can can uh, aggravate you, can yeah. make your situation worse. Uh, spell Tower, great choice. Anything that involves word creations, like that, or Alpha Bear, real mm, good. Mm, mm. Good ones. Uh, you know what? One I will actually throw out there, just because it's something I return to in times of stress over and over again, is Super Mario World. And really? you just, yeah, doing a complete map run of Super Mario World. And I, I, I wouldn't recommend this if you're not good at platformers. Mm. If, like, if that's the kind of thing that aggravates you trying to make a jump. But if you find, like, I, I find carving a path in any kind of game to be, like, one of the most soothing things in the world. Like, whether it's SSX or it's Super Mario Brothers being like, here is how I'm going to go from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. I find, I find just perfect for getting my brain out of an angry loop. Well, uh, one of one of our uh, followers suggested Super Meat Boy. Perfect. For that very reason. Perfect example. Like, Super Meat Boy, is, and like that is like instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And Super Meat Boy is also good because it's funny. Like, it, there, there's, there's delicious comedy every single time you mess up. I wouldn't call the, it delicious. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think a, a ball of red raw hamburger meat going... <laughs> When he hits a buzz saws, <laughs> that's exactly what I think of as appetizing. <laughs> <laughs> they call it tartare, exa- Anthony. It's, yeah, it's a delicacy. that's how they make it. 
<laughs> what? We, we didn't last week. Didn't we compare some game to Steak Tartar? Now I, I can't feel remember. Like we did. It was last. Was yeah. it Last Guardian? Yes, it was Last Guardian. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about. It's a. It's a. It's an acquired taste. Man, what is it's... your guys' beef with that game? Hey! <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Uh. Connor, that was a a choice grade A joke. Mm-hmm. Oh USDA my god! Prom. Stop it! USDA Stop it! Stop it! We're moving on now. Stop it! Uh, yes, moving on, and I think this is actually perfect for what we were just talking about because it is the new sequel to a game that is very much, I find, about cutting a path. It's figuring out how to go through a room or a series of rooms in precisely the order that you desire. Uh, Susan and I have been playing Dishonored 2 for the past day. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the sequel to Arcane's uh, 2013 action-adventure that was about a dude in a funny goth mask stabbing people (laughs) who kidnapped... Yeah, I never understood the... We'll get to that, because there's a lot I don't understand about Dishonored. And, like, I like Dishonored so much... But I'm constantly like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and it keeps me from really getting in there. It's because you don't but... read every book you find, Anthony. No, it would that's all the make problem. sense if you read every book. No, Connor, I said this to Susan. Every single time I find a letter or a book or one document, like it just furthers my confusion about the Dishonored <laughs> world. When it's like it's just like, alright, I get it. I'm in this city, there's a plague of rats. The magic oil in the belly of our whales. I'm like, no, what? Why is there magic whales? I don't get it. So in the last Dishonored was about a dude in a goth mask who has stabby hands, gets magic powers after his daughter slash the empress, the heir to the empire of a place called Dunwall is kidnapped in, in an attempted military coup and he goes around to and killing people to save her and he has to deal with susan sarandon who lives in a sewer not just to uh, save her but to clear his name to clear his right, name because he's accused yes. of killing her mom yeah because he's accused of killing his lover the former empress who oh, is all his secret oh. lover I secret need, lover i need to point this out i gotta point this out he met her when she was 12. He was 16. He was 19. He was 19. Oh, shit, really? Didn't, they didn't start stooping until she was 18. They make a point of pointing out, look, she was legal, okay? Wow. She was legal. Holy crap. That's, okay, this is this is true facts as well. Uh, they recently had to retcon the Fantastic Four because the old storyline was when Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, mm-hmm. met uh, the Invisible Woman, Sue Storm, <laughs> he was a graduate student, a 24-year-old graduate student, who was staying at her parents' house, like, renting a room there, and she was 12. Oh! oh. Not okay, oh. Fantastic oh. Four. Oh. Holy shit, 1960s. Get it together. <laughs> so Corvo, Corvo waited... <laughs> and it was it was all okay and they had a kid together and it was lovely anyway in the second game uh this is picking up uh 15 years after the events of the first game 
and Corvo and his his, uh, his Empress, their daughter is now the Empress. He did save her. Her name is Empress Emily Kedwin. Caldwin. Caldwin. Uh, Caldwin, Caldwin, sorry. Cauldron, the Black Cauldron. <laughs> Emily Cauldron. <laughs> Emily, Emily Black Cauldron. Her best friend is Empress named Gerdy. Blunt. So when Dishonored 2 picks up, she's ruling Dunwall. There is no more sewer Sarandon. There are no more rats. Things are a little bit better. And then on the anniversary of her mother's death, a contingent... Which they celebrate, which is... Which they celebrate. It's Dunwall it's so, is weird, man. Dun, yeah, Dun, again, Dunwall doesn't make a lick of goddamn sense. Nothing in Dunwall makes sense. So they, they have a party... And a a contingent of religious zealots and military obsessives from the south of Dunwall. They're not religious. No, 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 because the the anti um outsider people are backing oh, the I, government. I haven't encountered called. them then. Yeah, they're they're so, so we'll get there, Susan. You're in the second chapter, yeah. and you have to like break into their base. So oh, and they, they, I haven't got, okay. yeah. So the, the backing the Southern military is this religious organization that is trying the the Church of the Common Man, the Abbey the of Church, the Everyman. That's what it's yeah, called. Yeah, the Abbey of the Abbey, the Abbey of the Everyman shows up and um, stages a coup and steals the throne from the woman who sits on the throne. It's a strange thing to be playing at the moment. Don't and forget the most important person there. Who's who's the most important person there? The new empress. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And you, and so that's the moment after after the new the new. Okay, well, I don't want to spoil who the new empress is that's deposing Emily. It happens well, in literally the first. Yeah, five it happens minutes, in literally the five minutes. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> the old empress's long lost sister. I mean, not to spend looks... too much time on recap, but like, I think yeah. you're safe. Yeah, all right. Yeah, she looks... Basically, evil Annie Lennox shows up. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Evil Annie Lennox shows up with magic powers that counteract Corvo's magic powers. And Emily is is taken prisoner and, and everything sucks. And at that moment, you have a choice. You can either play through Dishonored 2 as Goth Mask McCorvo... Uh, who now talks, unlike in the first game, and for some reason he sounds like a cosplayer doing Marcus Phoenix. Uh, or you can be the Empress Emily as she tries to win back her throne. Uh, and that is the setup for Dishonored 2. And really kind of like right away, yeah, you're right, like not to spend too much time on summation, almost right away after that, Emily is offered magic powers in the same way that her dad Corvo was. Which you can turn down. Right, which is badass. And Connor, can you do that in the first game? Can you go with a no powers run? Nope, it would be totally impossible. I'm pretty sure there's several points where you at least have to blink. Right, you have like you have to use the teleportation power. There, the outsider, who maybe because somebody can fucking explain who this guy is because Dunwall. <laughs> Dunwall just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> he the outsider all. who is totally played by the gay, by the guy who plays Moriarty in Sherlock. Yes, yes, it's it totally is totally yeah, that guy. Him. Yeah, the outsider uh, is the stylishly dressed summation of every pagan religion ever in humanity. In humanity, right? But like, yeah. so, so the outsider shows up and he's like, "Yo, Emily, you could have powers or not have powers. Whatever." whatever. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. It's like, I mean, I don't want you to kill him. I gotta get to the hot topic. My shift starts in 15 minutes. If you want your powers, you can have them. Hey, look, I'm gonna be late for my LARP session. If I don't pick up my Anne Rice branded fake blood, I'm gonna be late. True. So, yeah, the outsider offers your powers. You can choose not to do a powered run, which is pretty cool. Uh, and I've been thinking about that as I play for through the first three chapters, like how hard it would all be, oh but it can still God, be done. It would be so hard, difficult. Yeah, You're and just playing just... thief with like yeah. electro robots, and yes. everything is exploding. And yeah, wow. <laughs> it would be it would be the slowest, most painstaking game in the world. But it's cool that you have the option. And yeah, that's that's Dishonored too. I am enjoying myself susan what do you think so far uh so far i i again i love the world i love how whale carcasses just show up randomly <laughs> all the time you're, ta- <laughs> Hello, you're talking to like- joint. i was gonna say it's a dust <laughs> <game. laughs> you're, ta- you're talking to the outsider at one point and a whale just goes swimming by behind yep. him yeah. Like a little space whale. See, He's like, hey, what's up? See, when the live uh, whales that. strand, it's a live stranding, and when they're dead, mm-hmm. it's a death mm-hmm. stranding. So that's mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, go on. Oh, my God. Uh, but, but no, seriously, I, I, I love the the world, the lore. I don't understand why everybody's hands are so big. Gotta have, but... them. Gotta have those big meat hands and meat necks. They're huge. Uh, but, I, you know, I, lo- I love all of that. And there was, uh, if you recall, the blood flies from from the first game. They're back, and but they're they're more interesting now. Yeah. And there's one one of the paths you can get to, you can use to get where you're going in this one section. As is uh, true with the first game, there are several different ways to. To achieve your objective, whether that's a more direct assault, whether that's a stealth thing, whether that's a complete avoidance thing, whatever. And there's one, there's a uh, bloodfly infested house mm. that you can sneak through if you can right, get right at, that. Right, that's right at the beginning of chapter two when it you is. go to the southern region that Karnaka. is trying to, yeah, staging this coup. Yeah. It's, I love the description of it. They're like, it's a land of of rich spices. I was yeah. like, what are you talking about? It smells good. It's just, but the thing I love is the description is it smells real good while you're on the wharf, which is full of dead carcasses. Yeah, it's just you're literally wading through an alley of blood and yeah. fish guts as it's yeah. just like redolent with rich spices. Yeah, <laughs> but this it's really around here, spices smell like fish guts. <laughs> but it's a it's a very cool section to go through this house because you have to either got to sneak past them or set them on fire or or just just bull in there and destroy them with your sword. And it's a really cool way. I mean, like you could have snuck through a house of anything, right? Mm. They decided to make it blood flies, and I think that's really cool. I really enjoy the game system wise it's like it took that dishonored it took everything about dishonored and then polished it and Mm. refined it and everything you liked works better and the stuff that didn't quite work they've either gotten rid of or retuned and it's really great and i gotta tell you not to not to belabor certain points (laughs) but playing as a woman with the agency and the drive to fix shit 
To fix a country that's been taken from her. To, to <laughs> fix a country that has been taken over by fuckheads. Right. Mostly very by therapeutic. Yeah. yeah. Very, very, very therapeutic at this particular moment in time. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, one, the one thing that is lacking for me right now, though, <clears throat> is Emily herself. Yeah. She doesn't really seem all that passionate about anything. It's like, oh, a coup. Well, yeah, mm. drag. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, it's a drag. bummer, man. Uh, I guess yeah, I it, like, yeah. She witnesses. She witnesses her father get encased and like turned to stone in front yeah. of her. He is literally turned to stone in front of her, and a woman claiming to be her aunt shows up and is like hitting her in the face with magic hands and. Emily's entire reaction is like, oh, jeez, I gotta get to my safe room. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very, the tone of the performance just seems wrong. But that's that's consistent with all of the performances in Dishonored 2 so far. It's, Mm. I I almost wish that I, like, I'm considering turning off all the voice acting and just leaving it as subtitles Mm. because everybody's vocal performance is very flat from the supporting characters down to random NPCs you meet. Uh, One of the first people that you meet in the game, if you're playing as Emily, I don't know if this is true in the Corvo run, is a a ship captain who is voiced by Rosario Dawson. And I love Rosario. That's why she sounds so familiar. Yeah, that's Rosario Dawson. Uh, And I, I love Rosario Dawson as a performer. I think she's like MVP of those Marvel Netflix shows. And, like, her delivery of lines is like, yeah, uh, Empress, you're gonna want to come with me. I got news for you. Let's do it. Let's go. And then you'll meet, like, sailors on the dock, on the, that, that first blood-strewn dock that you end up with. And, and you'll see dudes who are, like, huge, beefy sailor guys. And then when they open their mouth, they're like, oh, hello, what would you like to do today? It's just... It's, bizarre it's, the one the one character that i really enjoy so far there's a guy who he he's the one who takes emily to lock her in her quarters while they figure out what to do with her oh, and yeah. he has a conversation with her and it's just there you can feel the undercurrent of i want what you have yeah. Not not in a I'm robbing you kind of way, but in a you don't deserve this sort of way. It's really really cool. That, that Did you did you keep him alive? I oh, stabbed yeah. him to death. Uh no, I locked him in in the safe room. Oh, that's awesome. That's yes. so good. Oh, I yeah, I went in there and well Connor Connor, you're a big fan of the original Dishonored and you said this morning you were like sometimes you just got to go up and stab these people. <laughs> <laughs> A big part of the reason I feel that way is because I tried to do a pacifist run through Dishonored, mm-hmm. and I mean, I really I did, but somehow I got one death. I think a guy, like, I left a guy in a bookshelf or something, and he fell off. I don't know. I never killed anybody with my own hands. Hmm. So when I was playing through the DLC, I was like, you know what? Screw it. When it makes sense, I'm going to kill people. <laughs> and it seemed a lot more fun. I still got low chaos. I mean, most I spared most people, but yeah, every now and then, you know. Where it's a situation, it would be really tough to, uh, it'd be really tough to go through and not kill anybody. Uh, kill some people. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's... I feel like this one is a lot more flexible mm-hmm. with yeah. regard to, because like if you killed a few people 
in the first one. You got high chaos. There's mm -hmm. uh, the people with the bleeding eyes are everywhere. Everything just goes to shit, and it's really hard to, to pull it back yeah. from that. I feel like this one is a is more understanding of like I I there was you could you could knock people out, but if you didn't hide them, that caused chaos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was it was just a lot more rigid. I I feel yeah in, in the I first one. And I, I've noticed, you know, Susan, you were talking about how this is just feels so much more polished than mm -hmm. the first Dishonored. And the fact that, you know, you have all of these different things that you need to worry about. You need to worry about the way that you physically move through the world, how you interact with enemies. You need to worry about how you upgrade your abilities and how you unlock them. But all this stuff is very, very accessible and very, very seamless. You know, you mm -hmm. just get, you get, there's, there's so little of that wasted time that I thought there was in the first Dishonored where you were constantly reloading saves if you were trying to do a stealthy pacifist run. Whereas this, you are sort of given a little bit more leeway to recover from bad situations. Well, you also and... have quick saves. Yeah, you also have quick Praise saves. Praise Jesus, you have quick saves. That's you awesome. pause, you pull a trigger, you've saved. If you Done. screw up, whatever, you pause, you pull the yeah. other trigger, you're, you're back. It's awesome. It makes it really, really easy to try a bunch of things like well yeah. okay let me try hitting this guy with a trank dart oh <laughs> crap if i do that then that guy sees me okay mm -hmm. maybe i'll just fucking stab him in oh that's always good you yeah know? it's awesome i can't imagine playing an immersive sim game without quick saves <laughs> <laughs> i played the first game on pc uh like deus ex thief oh my god you need quick yeah. saves so bad <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah and... there's a lot of systems in dishonored too but i don't feel like they're fussy i feel like mm. they all make sense you parse them immediately. They just do a very a much better job of explaining to you what does what and why you give a shit. Yeah, and and like and and it's just oh, you found a bone fragment thing. Now this is what it does. Equip it. Right. You it will improve your stats. Done. Move on. Find yeah, the next it, one. Yeah. Go do this. Go do that. Uh, Connor, I I'm I. It's been you know three years since I played the original at this point, so I can't totally remember what uh, happened at the end of stages when you get graded. When, and I really like that. I like that, that Dishonored is a stage-by-stage -stage game yeah. rather than it's just like, you're in an open world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my every I single... I expect when I load up Watch Dogs, that Watch Dogs 2 next week. That's just Anthony's face This game was made by a diverse team of many developers, and now you're in an open world. <laughs> <laughs> world. Yeah, yeah. Actually, after last week's podcast, somebody contact uh, a listener contacted us and said Anthony yelling "Shut the fuck up!" Watch Dogs Two should be on the back of the box. <laughs> so I, think, I guess the I guess the the fart noise can go in there too. But so when you get to the end of a stage in Dishonored Two, there's like a graph, and the graph it's like a cross section. And on the left side is, uh, you know, violence, and on the right side is pacifism, and on the top is stealth, and on the bottom it's brazen assault. And rather than it's just like, a, like you achieved the goal of nonviolence, it shows where you're falling on that graph. Yeah. And I'm not totally sure if this is the metric. But I think what determines the chaos and non-chaos state is where you're falling on that center line from left to right. And so as long as you're more on the non-violent side, I think that keeps you in the non-chaos section. Uh, but, I mean, Susan, I guess we're both still too early 
to start seeing chaotic effects on the world, but have you seen anything that determines, you know, when everybody starts getting ratty? Uh, I, I'm, I'm very early in, and I've been working very hard to keep it low chaos, because that mm. was something I could not do in the first one. Yeah. And yeah. I feel... <laughs> I feel like Emily is would would be a low chaos. Yes, well, depending on how you raised her in the first game. Well, that's yeah. true. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Emily, Emily in Dishonored Two, unfortunately, seems like a loaf of Melba toast, but like it just, just very bland. I don't understand why she doesn't care about <laughs> things at this point. Anthony, she saw her, she was standing next to her mother as she got stabbed through the heart and then got moved around and kidnapped like 800 times. At this point, she's pretty <laughs> yeah, much guaranteed she's, to be a sociopath. She's just, she's, she's just got numb that to it. Effect. I, I, I will say, I don't want to go too, too into, uh, like, like, you know, uh, spoiler territory, but one of the things you can find in the first level is like a note that her lover left for her in her Wait. secret hiding room. No, that's not her lover. Oh, it's not? No. No, no, no. I, I, there's a, like, he's like, you know, I only get to, there, there's like a love letter that you can find that says I, like, I only ever get to see your hair down. I don't, I don't think that's her lover, bro. I mean, he also made her a toy boat. I think that's uh, someone she's known since she was a child. Oh. Oh. Well, the sexual politics of dishonor are strange. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's point out, Corvo did meet her mom when she was 12. We, uh, I see, because, uh, oh man, now now I need to go back and relook at that. So, okay. but uh, I, Connor, I want you to tell us about the Dishonored, original Dishonored DLC that you recently just played, so we can sort of do a little compare and contrast thing. But I, I want to just really quickly go into the fact uh, of Dunwall not making a lick of goddamn sense. I love playing these games. Uh, I love playing Dishonored 2. I love the feel of this place. But I can't feel like I, I'm truly passionate about the series because Dunwall doesn't make any sense. Like, I just... I, I always feel like... Like, the world is cool, but none of the pieces go together. Like, the southern bad guys show up, and they just have, like, giant robots made of scissors. And it's like, what the fuck is... Why are there scissor bots now? Do not and question the scissor bots. Do, do you, scissor do you bots have, are freaking awesome. I don't do you understand. Do former Games Radar writer Ashley Reed's phone number? Just give her a call, she'll explain <laughs> yes. it. No, Ashley will, has tried hook to... You up. Ashley has tried to give me her, like, Dunwall manifesto before, and I'm still like, but okay, if the Outsider, like, people seem to know that the Outsider exists. Like, everywhere you go, there's like, here's some spooky graffiti and a giant <laughs> yep. shrine covered with skulls and feathers. And yet when Emily meets the Outsider, she's like, who are you? It's the Outsider! He's everywhere! There's a religious organization that wants to defeat him! Why would... You, of course... He gave your dad powers! Well, you don't just presume somebody's the Outsider. <laughs> I mean, what if you were wrong? It'd be like just, if passing with somebody who was pregnant. I don't understand Dunwall at all. I okay, just can we don't. Just, can we just get to the part where he explains who Delilah is? Because I didn't play the DLC, and I want to... Yeah, okay, yeah. Wait, okay. is Delilah Sewer Sarandon? No. <laughs> Who is Sewer Sarandon again? Sewer Sarandon is not available, okay? She's just... All right, she's dead. 
She couldn't be reached. (laughs) Okay. Sewers are in, it's gone. All right, Connor, yeah, okay. So you just played the DLC. Yeah, Dishonored, Knife of Dunwall, and Brigmore Witches. The DLC was a two-parter in that game, and it kind of it was linked together, although kind of weirdly, uh, but it did link. Um, so the idea in that is you're playing Dowd, who is the assassin who killed the Empress in the first game, um, and the Outsider has basically given him a way to make good for that because for some reason the Outsider really didn't like that he killed the Empress. I don't know. Um, and the it turns out spoilers obviously that the main uh antagonist in the game is this person delilah who you meet uh if you didn't play the dlc for the first time in uh dishonored 2's intro uh the the thing that delilah wants to do is she just wants to get power and that's still her motivation so i guess she's a consistent character at least um but the way she's trying to do it in the first game is by using her witchy outsider powers to paint a portrait of emily and then go through that portrait to bodily inhabit Emily for the rest of her life and basically kick Emily's soul out. So it's like being John Malkovich, but forever. <laughs> um, and Dowd uh, has to prevent that if he wants to be able to redeem himself. Uh, and the reason I actually played it, I played it about maybe a month, month and a half ago at this point, is because I was talking to Harvey Smith, the arcane co-creative director guy, at uh, QuakeCon, and he was like, you know, if there's anything I could say to people, it's please play the DLC. Not just from a narrative standpoint, but because a bunch of the uh, the new mechanical stuff we did, we actually kind of trialed in uh, the, the DLC. Hmm. Uh, so the ways that the powers are different, um, you know, just some of the refinements they made uh, first appeared there. So I thought, oh, that's a good idea. I'll give it a try. And yeah, it definitely, it, it does feel somewhat different from Dishonored. It feels. I haven't played Dishonored two, but I imagine it does feel like feel like a bridge, and not just <clears throat> sorry serve as a narrative bridge. Mm. Um, with things like the powers, like for instance, uh, in the, the original Dishonored, you might remember that Blink doesn't freeze time when you're aiming, uh, mm. which is kind of uh, in in in, in uh, Knife of Dunwall it does because for some reason Dowd got special outsider powers, and it just makes it so much more useful just being able to stop and line up the jump and go wherever you want. Uh, and they carried that over to Dishonored too. So I, uh, that's I funny. I didn't even think that of that. I didn't even notice it. You yep. know, I just, I, I immediately was like, why aren't I getting found as much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It makes there. sense. Cause it, tur- it instantly turns blink, not into just a means of conveyance. It's your panic button. Yeah. Somebody, somebody's about to see you just like, Oh, okay. Time's frozen. Uh, I guess I could go up on that eve. I guess I could try to just blink around behind him and knock him out. It makes it way more useful. <clears throat> um, but yeah, the so Delilah was trying to inhabit Emily. Uh, in the low chaos ending of, uh, of uh, the DLC, you switch out the painting and make her inhabit just like some... You basically do like the Superman thing and you imprison her in another dimension forever. Uh, in the high chaos ending, you just kill her. So I'm guessing we're working from the low chaos ending here. Um, and But when she comes back now, she's pre- she's pretending that she is the Empress's sister. Uh, if you played the DLC, you know that's not true. You know that she was just kind of friends with the Empress, hmm. unless there was something we didn't know back then. Um, but yeah, the DLC kind of sets up Delilah as... Um, the question is, is how old was the Empress when she met her? 
That's... <laughs> no, uh, no. I think they were both supposed to be kids. They were friends in the tower. Um, hmm. She was, like, uh, the daughter of, like, the court baker or something. Uh, so, yeah, Delilah is really the one part of her character that we know is just that she really wants to rule. That's, like, kind hmm. of her thing. Um, and uh, I don't... I don't know how if if they kind of make her a little bit more interesting that than that in Dishonored Two. In the DLC, I didn't find her all that much of a compelling antagonist because mm. you know she kind of gave that cursory like, "Oh, they were mean to me." But, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping they do more with her because it is kind of cool, especially now that you have like Emily and Delilah facing off as you know both of these women who are like you know powerful heads of state coming at power from completely different perspectives. So I, I hope they do some cool things with that. Yeah, it's really funny. I, I sort of like the... That was in the original Dishonored. I, I felt like I really didn't understand the political landscape of Dunwall. Like, mm -hmm. it seemed like there were very complex things happening. And even though I would read every single little note that Corvo found, I still didn't really get how the city worked. And at the beginning of Dishonored 2, when this contingent from the South just shows up... There's just, like, really no question about it. They're just like, they're evil. They're fra they're framing yeah. you for murder. They think you suck, and they want to rule everything. I was like, oh, their motivations are very clear. Yeah, that, uh, I actually really liked the fuzziness in the first Dishonored, because uh, if you remember, they not no point do they ever say Emily is Corvo's daughter. Yeah, no. I Well, at the beginning of the game... When she, in the opening narration, she's just like, he was all, he was my protector, my savior, and my dad. I was like, like, oh shit, yeah, okay, there it is. <laughs> yep. If you, there's one point where you can, uh, in the final level, you can like find a secret, secret little hidden area where uh, Empress Jessamine kind of like, you know, records like a little like love letter basically to Corvo. And at oh, that wow. point it's like, oh yeah, this is definitely what's going on. But other cool. than that, throughout the game, you're just kind of like... For all you know, he's just the royal protector. He's just doing his job, hmm. and I liked hmm. that that subtlety. They didn't they didn't just hand it to you. They actually trusted players to figure it out. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what you think of two, because at least where I am at the beginning, I am. <laughs> so in the third chapter, you have to break in to a dilapidated, rotting hospital slash sanatorium. Anybody who is making a weird steampunk world, we don't always need <laughs> to go to a dilapidated old sanatorium. Not every freaking time. The Order 1886, Thief, Dishonored, twice. Like, guys. Uh, anyway, when you're there, I found myself wanting to uh, sort of get into the, the cool manipulation of powers that you can do in the original Dishonored already, but I you don't have access to that stuff really early on. Uh, my favorite thing in the original Dishonored is the very last thing you have to do, which is you break into the, the stronghold of Dunwall's military, and you literally have to ascend to this great meeting room where all the military leaders behind the coup are gathered at once mm -hmm. and it's yeah, like and it's great, like, like visually symbolically yeah yeah cool. such a cool moment such a cool moment and it feeds both into what you're talking about connor where you're sort of dealing with like this narrative fuzziness where even then at the climactic moment you're really not sure what the hell is going on 
or or the 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 totality of everybody's motivations Mm -hmm. and it's also this this perfect moment of all of the gameplay systems interacting perfectly with each other it's like how are you going to approach this situation because it's maximum danger it's not going to take you a long time to take care of it but you have to think about how you're going to do it and it's you know like are you going to pit the guys against each other are you going to kill everybody are you how are you going to do it and yeah unfortunately it's dishonored 2 is definitely going to be the first time that a lot of people play this series so of course you have to ease them into these powers and everything and if you're emily like she just got her outsider uh (laughs) henna tattoo down (laughs) in the wall she just like (laughs) got a little bit of reaction to it it's just oh no and then corvo comes in it's like we'll put some talc on that honey uh (laughs) But yeah, it's it, like you, you want to ease people into all that, but at the same time, I feel like I I wish I could be going into these rooms in the sanatorium in the third chapter and be like, all right, well, I want to trick those dogs into eating that guy, and I want to trick that guy into going to another room, and I it's just not quite there. Yeah, you want but, that whole toolkit. Yeah. You, you, Susan, feel, how, you feel the setups, but it's just not there yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you found yourself playing Dishonored 2 in the same way as the original, or are you, are you sort of switching things up? Uh, no, I'm definitely playing it differently, because I... Stealth in the first one just felt really clunky to me. It was. It, I, I desperately, desperately wanted to ghost through every mm. level, because I just think that's inherently cool, and I think that's something that Corvo would do. But it was just really hard to physically do it so i would start off and i would try and then i would get stuck on the geometry or or something just wouldn't work quite right and i'd be like ah fuck it and i'd end up killing everybody uh but now because i can uh quick save which is huge and because it is just so much more refined and and precise i can try something like there was a level and this is this is something i do not do there was one section i had to get past some dudes on a bridge to get to a boat. Mm. And I tried that thing a dozen times. And I did it like a couple different ways. I'm like, all right, well, let me try throwing this bottle. Oh, well, if I throw the bottle, he runs there. and th- Okay, well, let me try this. And I just kept trying it different, different ways because I could. Because mm. if they saw me, then... And, and I did through one. I did one run where they all came at me. I ended up killing them all. And I was like, ugh. I can do better than I, I can do better than that. Like I can be smarter, and I, I feel like that Dishonored Two is much much better at letting you learn its systems and and sort of onboarding you to what's possible with these powers that you have and the world that you're in and the different area ways you can get past certain areas. I just feel like it does that much much better than the first one did. So yeah. you you're, you're much more free to just try stuff yeah it's also god it it seems like such a small thing but it's it's not just the fact that there's finally a quick save in the console version it's the fact that the loading is so much faster Mm -hmm. so that if you if you just totally beef something you're not sitting there for 10 minutes waiting for the game to come back up yeah no it's lightning fast lightning fast fast. yeah Yeah, it's it's so 
you know, Susan, you were talking about, like, the way it onboards you and all these different systems and the way these systems are layered. It is really interesting to play this game so quickly after Deus Ex Ma Mankind Divided. Mm. Because Dishonored, the original Dishonored was very much of a piece with sort of the ideas in Deus Ex uh, Human Revolution. And it's... <laughs> Deus Ex Human Revolution and Deus Ex hum uh, Mankind Divided sort of come at the same, uh, you exist in this world, you have these abilities, and it's up to you and how you navigate it, and your choices will be reflected in it. But Dishonored sort of uh, is more like, you're learning in a hands-on environment. We want you to go out and learn how to farm. Whereas uh, Deus Ex comes at it from a place of like, take this graph paper and do solving problems, uh, uh, and theoretically, before you try them out. And it's, I, I, I like playing Dishonored 2 so much more than I liked playing Mankind Divided, even though they both felt really, really polished. And I feel like the deciding factor between those two things is that way that it eases you into the world and doesn't really do anything to stand in your way from trying a lot of different things over and over and over again. Yeah. I also feel like... Uh, you know, you, you said, Susan, uh, to me earlier today, like, that Mankind Divided just didn't feel, like, you just, it didn't click with you in the same mm -hmm. way that Dishonored 2 is already. And I wonder if part of that is, Dave, you talked about with Mankind Divided that it felt like Disney World. Like, it yeah. was just such a manufactured game world. And it, I keep thinking about that with Dishonored 2. The Dishonored 2 stages are also just very, like, packaged for you to do all this game stuff. But it doesn't feel as unnatural as Mankind Divided does. Like, it feels very... It still feels alive, rather than, like, a cardboard facade. For for me, it's, it's what I call the grocery store test. Can you picture the NPCs in the game going to the grocery store? Yes. If you mm. can, that's a well-built world. Mm. Mm. If you can't, then you are watching a play. Yeah, and that's how like that's how Mankind Divided felt. It, it felt like, oh, like oh, here's a store, and this guy is just kind of standing outside, and he'll be standing outside there, ten hours from now, flicking. Even a if you knock him out with a yeah. with a tranquilizer gun, <laughs> he'll be there forever. Get up a few hours later. That was weird. <laughs> I think it also helps that Arcane really knows how to design the heck out of a level. Yeah, like it, uh, yeah. one of the criticisms I heard a lot about Mankind Divided is that like if you find a locked door, you can be pretty sure that there's an air vent within five feet of it. Mm -hmm. um, whereas with the Dishonored games, you know, like yeah, there's always going to be a way around, but the way around you'll actually have to look for and think about. You know, like logically, how could I get into this building? It's not going to be the same thing every time. Totally, dude. I, I freaking... So, at the beginning of the third chapter in Dishonored 2, when you're at the dilapidated sanitarium, it's an island, uh, much like everything in, in the Dishonored world is. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're on, you land on a bridge, and you're heading towards the front doors, and you can see that there's, like, a cliff to the right that goes down to the beach, and there's only one guard who's, like, smoking a cigarette over there. And I was like, oh, I'm going to sneak up. I'm going to knock out that guard. And then there's bound to be a cave that lets me into the basement down off that cliff uh, on the shore. And so I went down. I climbed all the way down there. And there was nothing there. It was just a sandy beach. And I was like, that is awesome, Dishonored 2. <laughs> you totally yeah. got me. 
Yeah. yeah. Not everything has to be there to be part of your critical path. When <laughs> when you're just constantly stumbling on ways to do the thing, mm-hmm. it gets really old. Yeah, it's true. Really true. Dave, are you are you into this? Are you going to be playing Dishonored too? Uh, yeah. You know, like um, I have my Gamefly subscription, so once once I'm done with Call of Duty, I'll send uh, I'll send that back and hope that I get Dishonored because like I like the first one. I, I should go back and play the DLC because I never finished that, but. Um, just like listening to you guys sort of distill this story, I'm like, oh my god, this is what I sound like when I talk about Metal Gear, isn't it? This is, uh, <laughs> oh my, you talk about See, but Metal Gear, and... Metal, Metal Gear makes sense, though. Eventually, <laughs> no, oh it, no, if, you pull, if you pull that no, thread. No, shut your mouth. No. Shut it. See, no. Susan, in Metal Gear Solid Five, a giant fire space whale shows up in the first chapter Just and i can make sense of that eventually face. <laughs> you just have to try you have to believe you gotta believe i gotta believe uh i gotta believe, I gotta believe in the in the parappa sense uh dave speaking yeah speaking of your gamefly subscription you are you are gonna be rocking uh you are gonna be rocking dishonored 2 eventually but you have to finish call of duty infinite warfare which you are playing now yeah i have i took a break for a couple days yeah i i can't imagine why i can't imagine (laughs) can't imagine why that's so surprising yeah you know can't imagine what's been going on this week that might have turned your head away from jingoistic content but uh I will say, I will say that something. I, I this is the first time I've played in Infinite Warfare since uh, Call of Duty Four: Modern Warfare back in two thousand seven, which comes with this game remastered, remastered for all your four K. It comes with it if you buy the hundred dollar version of it, though. This, this is oh, seventy five dollars. So, well, still, yeah. Anything of anything above the base model, otherwise you're not getting it. But yeah. <laughs> so, uh, date. De- Dave, you've played more of it than I have. Yeah. My question for you is, is Infinite Warfare a game? Yeah, no, <laughs> it's it's actually... It's a video game? Really good. It's really good in some ways, and it's kind of... It's disappointing in others. Uh, narratively, it's, it's kind of weak as far as, um, like... There are a lot of cliches and platitudes about you know the the you know we 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 have to fight we have to come together to stop the the you know we just the this this sort of like gung ho hoorah mentality that Call of Duty has sort of embraced over the years and some some of the games in the series have examined them and this one feels very much on the nose. Uh, in that embracing of that ideal and rather than being critical of it. So you basically, you have, you know, the humanity seems to be largely united. You've gone into space. um, You're colonizing planets and moons, and it's awesome. You you know, it's it's still, it's within our solar system, so it's still grounded in this reality. But um, you know, it, it's it's in the distant enough future that you know, humanity has found a way to make it to Mars and actually like build stuff there. And there's this, uh, you know, the the colonists on Mars have felt abandoned, and they build a rebel faction. And uh, John Snow is the leader, and he is just this kind of this bland, milk toast sort of. You know, he's the bad guy who shoots his men. 
You know, yeah, because yeah. because you 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 because you, bad guys, yeah, because you have to be cold because you can't yeah. you can't feel for your you, you can't feel compassion for people. It's very on the nose, like that. It's, it's that cold. kind of game. Yeah. yeah. Let me let me ask you this: Do yeah. the bad guys ever drop a space colony on Australia? <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm at, no. Okay. Because as a Gundam fan, I've been very disappointed with the characterization, <laughs> the characterization of the uh, space bad guys so far. I have to say, they really yeah, I, 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 I was just gonna say, uh, yeah, nobody is that awesome, Connor. Like nobody should like. Jon Snow doesn't show up in a weird, like, pinth helmet that's also a mask and a dope-ass cape. With his he... giant cape and his, like, <laughs> pistol that's just, like, three feet long for no reason. <laughs> no reason? That doesn't happen. Nobody gets in a Zaku. Their, their evil robots kind of suck. custom hot pink Zaku. <laughs> yes, yeah. So Nobody's <laughs> piloting that awesome shit in the but anyway, uh, go on. But, <laughs> yeah, so it's not like that. It is, uh, you know, it is. It, it's just. It's a really basic story. You have the bad guys. You have the, the 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 government's the good guys, and the rebels are the bad guys, and you have to stop them. But like within that framework, within that Call of Duty level by level structure, it actually there's a there are a lot of surprises. So uh, one, you can feel the amount of money that has been poured into this game. Like you could feel it. the The production values are insane. Like even for Call of Duty, I think. And uh, part of that is just the way that it blends its uh, boots on the ground combat with the uh, with the space combat. So there there are actual missions where you will fly around in a spaceship and and do battle like 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 dogfight. Uh, other spaceships and it, it feels like the controls are very simple like uh, uh, the flight controls are actually not inverted for aiming and it feels really weird at first until you realize that it's basically modeled after the first person controls of of actually running around and shooting and you have l2 to lock on and you aim with r2 and you switch weapons and stuff and it's very arcadey it's very light but it feels really good, and it, it has a lot of that sort of the Battlestar Galactica approach to space combat, where you can cut your thrusters and immediately whip around in a 180-degree uh, turn, and then um, use the momentum and inertia to spin around and uh, take out an enemy who's tailing you. Uh, it's or or you can use your 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 hover jets to strafe enemy capital ships and stuff and blow them up like that. Um, it actually like it's it is. A surprisingly competent space shooter, um, uh, which is I was not expecting at all, and the way that it ties that into its level structure. So you are this this general or this this lieutenant who finds himself in control of uh, of this giant capital ship, and you are basically trying to strike back at this rebel faction who has struck a huge blow against Earth, and so. As such, you, you you choose from your missions from this galactic hub, much like Mass Effect. You go to this this computer in the center of the of the bridge, and you can choose missions. And there there are story missions, but there are also side missions. And those side missions are really varied. So like the, there's one mission where you're you're sneaking up on this this capital ship through this asteroid belt, and it feels very much like all gillied up, but in space. 
So you are using uh, 360 degrees of movement to sneak around and get the drop on people, and then you get inside the space, the uh, the capital ship, and you're doing your objective inside there, and then you get back on your ship, and suddenly you're dogfighting. It's really yeah. cool. Like it is. I haven't, got, I haven't gotten. I haven't gotten there I haven't. I've not gotten that far. Like it, it's still where I got to in, over the course of two hours with the game. It was still Call of Duty, right? And you, you were still, you were getting tastes of that cool stuff, but it was just Call of Duty, so. right? But yeah, once uh, once you finish, like once you finish the sort of introductory two or three levels, and the game gives you this hub, the, this this uh, capital ship hub that you can explore a little bit, and then choose your missions and decide where to go from there. It. It's still, it's very, it's it's not as deep as a game like Mass Effect, so you're not going to go and explore all these planets. It's still very, like, you're essentially picking levels from a map and mm. doing these short 20 to 30 minute chunks. Um, but the way that it weaves that into its core design and the way that it, it takes these levels and then, like, it, it fuses the, the space combat with the, the, the shooting combat in, in some really interesting ways and the way that it... it doing these side missions unlocks additional perks and weapons and stuff for you to to use um it's surprisingly like it's surprisingly ingenious for a series that a lot of people see as this just oh you know they they churn out these yearly se- these sequels every year to make money to to but here's a shooter game that you know it's like there are three things in life that are certain death well four death taxes <laughs> dynasty warriors and call of duty and uh, <laughs> is dynasty warriors still guaranteed are we like do we do we still have that promise in I our f- lives well n- now we have more of them because they're they're making spinoffs now because those are doing yeah well. but the spin the spinoffs don't feel like dynasty warriors it's not like i'm getting my lou boo going full <laughs> uh, my lou boo going full super saiyan anymore in, oh, in attack on two <laughs> Poor Anthony. <laughs> Dave, how how do you feel about Infinite Warfare compared to Titanfall Two, which you love? Uh, it's weird that the guys that created uh, Call of Duty and who who were the masterminds behind Modern Warfare back in two thousand seven uh, went off and created a game that now Call of Duty looks so much like. Yeah. Uh, it it. it like, in that very first level of Infinite Warfare, it's like, you done got a jetpack. You're fighting robots. You can do crazy slide moves. It's like, whoa. whoa. Yeah. You done got a jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, Susan, that's the verbatim, that's the opening narration. That's what it got Welcome to Europa. You done got a jetpack. <laughs> and it's an open world. But... <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah it's 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 weird um titanfall and call are and call of duty feel very similar but they 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 feel very similar from a on a surface level but they, they couldn't be more different so titanfall is very fast it's very fluid and its combat design is far more open than Call of Duty. Like, Call of Duty has always been about funneling you down these corridors, occasionally opening up, but it's always about, um, you know, you are on one set of cover, the enemy is on another set of cover, aim down sights and shoot. Um, and that is still here. 
and the the you, you can run on walls and you can do this the sliding and the sprinting and stuff but it's much slower and it's far more sluggish like you're not going to you're not going to jump from wall to wall in this game you'll maybe run on a wall or boost jump but then you know you have to wait for your boost jump to charge and it's kind of slow and you, your sprinting is it's fast but it's it's not as fast as as Titanfall you're not going to slide 20 feet behind a bad guy behind his shield and shotgun him in the back like you will in Titanfall. Mm. Um, and that kind of frustrates me because I really like the way Titanfall moves. And if you try to play Call of Duty like Titanfall, you're going to be very, very disappointed. Um, I finally played Titanfall and can, and, and I, have, I have crystallized what it feels like to play okay. for me. Hmm. Okay. So you know when you're watching a rah-rah go America movie and like the Navy SEALs come in and they're they're going through like in that kind of half crouch with their weapons drawn and they're moving all they're like using hand signals and they're yeah. all and they all like psychically know what each one is doing and they're just they're just moving and they're super silent. And it's like pop 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 and they're just taking out all the bad guys. Titanfall makes you feel like that guy. Yeah, and, and like you, and yes. seamlessly, yes. like every single second in Titanfall Two, you feel that awesome. Even when you, you were really like do. fucking up, yeah. like yeah. when you're when you're running away from there, the little like spider bombs that show up, no, like I the the mines, assholes. I, yeah, yeah, they're little assholes. But when you are like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, and like you slide under something to get away from them, and immediately turn around and blow one up. You're like, oh, wait, I shouldn't have even had to do that if I was more spatially aware, but what I just did was sweet. Yeah, basically, yeah. Tit- Titanfall is futuristic John Wick. Yes, yep. yes, yeah, absolutely. That's it. Uh, with Jet because- Set Radio. <laughs> with Jet Set Radio, and instead of a dog, instead of a puppy, you have a giant robot who has one-liners. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and like Call and of Duty is is super not that. Um, How are you doing? It's... Uh, it's different, and I think like they both they both have a place, yeah, be fine. and I and I'm really glad that like Call of Duty is carving this space out, and Titanfall is carving that space out. And even though they're both these sci-fi shooters, they're still very different. But playing Call of Duty after playing Titanfall is very disappointing. And if it were just like a, a normal Call of Duty, here's a level, here's a level, here's a level, go through like like Advanced Warfare was good because of you know because of the production values but it was still like coming after titanfall was like this is not the same and then black ops 3 was worse because the story was garbage and didn't feel like titanfall and uh, that game makes me angry in a lot of ways uh so so yeah so that was really disappointing and if and i think if infinite warfare was just more call of duty in that vein i would be disappointed again but the fact that they're doing different things with it like with the space combat with tying in this sort of um side mission side narrative structure to it making you feel like you're actually a commander making some even like small decisions like choosing where you're going next on a map but you're still making a decision to do something and you can walk around the ship and watch news reports and overhear your your crew like talking about their insecurities and stuff like it adds just enough to make it feel different and that's that's cool pretty cool yeah it, it's it's a surprisingly good season for shooters man so Surpri- have you su- played uh, i just want we talked a lot about the campaign have you played the zombies mode i haven't had a chance to dive into zombies or multiplayer yet but i hear the zombies okay. mode is actually 
pretty good this time around. And David Hasselhoff is an 80s DJ in an evil theme park, so... Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like how kooky they're getting with the zombies, but I've also got to say, I was kind of disappointed when I heard about all of this, like, kooky sci-fi space dogfighting zero gravity stuff they were doing that they were just not going to do that at all with zombies. Yeah, how, really how are the zombies not in space? Either. It's like, I mean, it's just, you've got all these cool concepts to work at. You're doing all of these kind of, you know, interesting novel new things in the single player campaign, but you're basically, as far as I can tell, I haven't played it, just putting a new wrapper on zombies. And that was yeah. like, yeah. that was a bummer to me. Well, do, because, do we like, know who who yeah. is who is making the zombie? Like, so what do the what does the studio breakdown like for infinite warfare so infinity ward is the campaign of infinite warfare but is it ravensoft doing the zombies mode like is it is it just a production issue that they didn't have access to the new mechanics or do we know why that well, happened i mean i don't it just it seems like it's one of those things that because call of duty is this machine now like it is it is a machine oh yeah they have dozens of studios working on different parts of this thing and they're like I, I feel like each of these individual projects aren't really talking to each other all that much well it's like it's like madden or fifa like like call of duty has become madden and fifa in that it is all of these different interlocked games yeah and they they don't feel relevant to each other like you know playing manager mode in Madden isn't even remotely like it is playing Ultimate Team, and even navigating menus gets confusing when you try to switch between them. So yeah, it's it's kind of a bummer that it's that it's all of these sort of disparate parts making up a package. Okay. It does seem like you get a lot of game though. Can I mention the problem I have with yeah. Infinite War? Okay, so there's a mode in Call of Duty Infinite Warfare uh, where you only have one life. It's hmm. called it's called YOLO. Oh boy. And if you die, too bad, son. Start over. Right? Hmm. And that's cool. That's great. That's really, really cool. Why the fuck didn't they call it Finite Warfare? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no. I mean, come on. Come on. They could still patch it. They could still patch it. Why would you call it YOLO and not Finite Warfare? That would have been amazing. Right? Thank you. What a... Oh, my God, Susan. I didn't even think of it. Yeah. Why didn't they start it and it's just like, yeah, and now you're on the ship. It's kind of like an open world. (laughs) 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 You done got a jetpack. You done got a jetpack. I think that about covers it for things in the world this week. One more... One more thing really quickly since Connor is on... And I know he's the only other person that cares about this as, as much as me uh, at Games Radar. At least I think. Connor, th- we got we got another look at Ghost in the Shell, the movie, this week uh-huh. in a in a, a like two second scene yep. where we see uh, Scarlett Johansson as Matoko Kusanagi Makoto. and Makoto Kusanagi. Forgive me, uh, Larry Croft. <laughs> Larry. Larry Croft. Uh, <laughs> Tom Brader. It, it, it is Tom Brader. Tom Brader. It, it literally is a scene from the original movie. Like, it's just with real people. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how are you feeling about it, man? Because I know you love Ghost in the Shell. 
Uh, yeah, I'd say for the most part, I, I, I love Ghost in the Shell. There are some weird parts that I'm not so huge on, and I have to watch it dubbed because otherwise I just cannot follow the politics. Yes! Yeah. Uh, like, there's just no way, like, if I'm reading subtitles and trying to follow the on-screen action and trying to remember who the uh, the faceless man or whatever his name was, I just mm-hmm. can't do it. Yeah. Uh, but I'd say after the teaser, I don't know, I'm, I'm about the same. There were parts I liked, um... Like, I, I, I actually kind of liked the way the city looked like like a flat wall of buildings behind yeah, them. Yeah, Like, I, I kind of liked how that didn't really look real. Yeah. Because I, it, sh- it shouldn't look real because it, it should look, you know, hyper-real or whatever. Yeah, it should, um, look, it should look almost impossible, but you still believe exactly. it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I wasn't 100% sold on her costume design, uh, but, I mean, that's probably just, like, a weird optical camo suit that you'll probably see for like you know five minutes total of the movie mm. um and uh, yeah i mean you know water fly fly flashing around it's cool stuff i mean I'll, I'll probably see it in theaters if it's not terrible yeah that's that's one i think i'm gonna end up going out of my way to to see in the theater uh has anybody else seen doctor strange by the way this week no uh nope. no you didn't see it it's uh who am i right now it's fine <laughs> <laughs> that's shame it's you it's me money for that one uh, yeah i gotta now i gotta yeah you i put gotta a, put a dollar in the uh in the residual jar right there <laughs> shit i just gotta i got a dave roberts fair use citation uh <laughs> robots taking our jobs <laughs> yeah it's it's fine if, if anybody needs to like it really really badly needs to go to the movies to take their mind off something <laughs> this week i don't know what you might need to take your mind off of uh don't i don't know maybe wait for it to like hit netflix benedict cumberbatch i like benedict cumberbatch's american accent is uh not good because it's like benedict cumberbatch do you honestly think we don't know you're benedict cumberbatch stop talking like that freaking it's weird it's not kevin costner in prince of thieves nothing is kevin costner in prince of thieves bad no no, Kevin Costner just sounds drunk when he's trying to be British in <laughs> oh, Prince of Thieves. So bad. It's dull, you twit. It'll hurt more. Uh, I don't know why that's the line from Prince of Thieves that's in my head. Uh, yeah, everybody, that's that's episode 57. We will be back next week talking about video games. We'll probably talk about Dishonored 2 some more. And uh, there are some other things coming out, like... Watch Dogs too. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am ready for Watch Dogs two to be a good time. Yeah, now that I, I, know I, sleep, I now that I know I'm probably not getting a Sleeping Dogs two. I'm yeah. ready to take another open world game with dogs in the title into my heart. <laughs> I respect I, that, man. I don't yeah. know. I I don't know why that game makes me laugh so much, but it does. Oh. <laughs> It might be oh, the therapy we all need right now, though. <laughs> yeah, we all need watch Dugs. Watch, watch Dugs too. Watch Hey, everybody! The elite hacksaw's Patty Mayonnaise has gotten into our networks. <laughs> watch Dugs too. God, I can. Right. I'm envisioning Doug with like these sick wraparound shades and a trench coat that's like two sizes too large for him. 
and he's like <laughs> crossing his arms and trying to look really cool, but he's super yeah. not because he's Doug. Because he's Doug. <laughs> what, he's got what? like a Nokia brick phone. <laughs> <laughs> he has to T9 in all of his hacks into. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on, I'm accessing the mainframe. Yeah, no, he's wearing the trench coat, but he still has those khaki shorts. <laughs> yeah, the sweater vest. Yeah. What? What's the name of the bad guy? Roger uh, Klotz. Guy? Roger. 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 Yeah, Roger in Doug. He already looks like a character from the advertising for Watch Dogs, too. Like, he's got the hipster fade where it's like a swoosh on top and shaved on the sides. He's got the leather jacket. Like, all he needs is a bandana with, like, a bleeding smiley face on the front of it. Oh, my God. That'd, that'd be the complete package. Emoji in theaters December 20th. I don't know what that movie's actually going Is it also, like, a dubstep version of the Doug song where it's like... I think we just made the best thing ever. Yep, there it is, everybody. Watch Doug's too. Uh, everybody, we love you. Thank you so, so much for listening. Stay sane and stay hopeful and stay uh, with your eyes on the future and all that. And if you know what the hell is going on with Dunwall, tell us. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.